Recently, a client sent me a text with a link to a famous reality voice competition show. And the title of the clip read something like, speaking voice and singing voice sound like two different people. This is my real speaking voice, yes. Oh my God. <laughs> How long have you had that voice? Uh, about, about tw 20, 23 years, 22 years, years now. Right answer. <laughs> so of course I clicked. I mean, it's a very clickbaity title and I'm only human. <laughs> <laughs> I've clicked on worse links. Um, and when I heard what I heard, what you just heard, I think I had a pretty similar reaction to that, which the judges had on the show, which was first to go, oh, wow, interesting. That's fascinating. And what I found particularly compelling about this clip was that first line of questioning, which was to actually say to the person, how long have you had that voice? I'm interested in what's actually baked into that question. How long have you had that voice? To which the contestant replies a number that I assume is the number of years that they've been alive on this earth. But then it gets even more fascinating. Let's keep listening. Tried to talk to my piano. I tried to talk to my guitar. Yes, this is the same person singing. Imagination confided into alcohol. A hundred million stories and a hundred million songs. I feel stupid when I sing. Nobody fascinating, right? How can the person with that speaking voice also be the person with this singing voice? In this episode of the podcast, I want to see if I can answer that question. I want to see specifically if I can do it under the heading of authentic voice. And I want to see if I can help you better understand how it is that you can find your authentic voice. Because there's a good chance that you have already asked this question of yourself. What is my sound? How do I find it? How do I even know? This is an essential question that we ask. This is a spiritual question that we all have to ask at some point on our journey toward becoming freer singers and freer human beings. So let's do it together, shall we? Here on this episode of The Sound of You. Hello, my friends. It's me, Davin. Welcome back to the podcast. How's that for a teaser? <laughs> Are you feeling excited for this episode? Because I am. I mean it when I say that this is a question I get all the time. And it's a really valid and useful question. And it's something I've spent a lot of time thinking about and something I'm really excited to share, you know, my point of view on and hopefully just open up for you and give you food for thought on the topic of what is my authentic voice? How do I find my authentic voice? Um, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. I think that you're going to find this a great entry point into this conversation around voice, around singing, around your unique and wonderful sound. And if you've been hanging out with me for a while, 
So glad you're back. Just a reminder that you can always connect with me, sending me an email at davin at davinyoungsvoice.com. You can ask me questions that I'm happy to answer here on the podcast. You can find me on social media, particularly on Instagram at davinyoungs. And if you like what it is that you're hearing here, please rate, please subscribe, please share with others. I really am interested in spreading the word around this type of conversation with the voice. And if you want to work with me more directly, there are two ways to do so right now. One is a very rare uh, spot that has opened up for one-to-one coaching. You can find a way to connect with me by setting up a voice clarity session at davinyoungsvoice.com. And also just a reminder that I am going to be launching my group coaching program, Free Your Voice, Free Your Life. And I want to connect with you if you're interested. Go to davinyoungsvoice.com. There's a pop-up where you can register your interest and I'll get you all the details so you can make an educated decision if it feels like the right fit for you. This program is four months. It's for people that are interested in using their voice as a tool for healing, for transformation, for change, for new creation, for making music and art and just allowing themselves to show up and centering their voice as the tool that it was meant to be. So if that sounds like you, hit me up. (laughs) Okay, with all that being said, let's get to this conversation around how to find your authentic voice. A number of years ago, I was on a podcast called The Creative Imposter Podcast with Andrea Clunder. And shout out to Andrea, who is a friend who was a voice client for a while, who's a great singer and musician and podcaster. But on the podcast, we were talking about the voice. And Andrea asked me this question that has really stuck with me. And I don't even remember specifically the words that she used, but it was something to the extent of... When we say authentic, when we use authentic, particularly as it relates to the voice, what are we even talking about? (laughs) Like, what does that even mean? The reason that this question stuck out to me and has stuck with me is because I think this is the type of question that doesn't get asked often enough. Words like authentic can be thrown around as it relates to the voice, and quickly they can become jargon. Like it's just something that people say, but they don't even know exactly what it is that they're saying. And I think that's interesting because there's clearly something about the word authentic that makes us feel a certain way, that provokes a certain response within us. It's something that we hear and we think to ourselves, well, yeah, of course, I want to be authentic. I want to be real. I want to be true. But when we try to distill that down into something that actually feels tangible, something that actually feels like we can wrap our hands around it, it's incredibly hard to do. And this is worth investigating, particularly as it relates to pursuing the endeavor of finding your authentic voice. So in this episode, I want to do my best to give you some objective, concrete ways to think about this endeavor of pursuing, of finding our authentic voice. But I also want to acknowledge that at the heart, at the essence of this word, lies mystery. 
that words like authentic, they are unfolding in terms of our understanding. It's not something that we land upon, but it's something we continue to open up into. And ultimately, they are best presented as an experience. So more on that in a bit. But as always, when I think about the place that I want to start, the most concrete, the most objective, the most tangible place as it relates to this word, and specifically as this word relates to your voice, I want to begin with the body. See, your voice is of your body. To use your voice is to be embodied. It is a somatic experience to make sound with your voice, and it is the result of coordinating your body. You may recall I've said before, when we talk about technique in the voice, we're simply talking about the coordination of our body as it relates to making sound. And here's a really important fact. Your body is the ultimate truth teller about your voice. The most information available to you about your voice is available in the experience of being in your body and noticing the voice as it relates to the body. And here's what's extra cool about that. The way in which you are able, the possibility of how you can coordinate your voice in your body is similar to how I can coordinate my voice in my body. In fact, it's very similar to how everybody can coordinate their voice in their body. So as much as your voice is uniquely and wonderfully you, the baseline functionality, how your voice works in your body, it's not so different than anybody else's body. I mean, assuming there's not injury or pathology or disability at play here, the way in which your voice works is the same as everybody else's. You are a unique and wonderful snowflake, but you're still a snowflake. <laughs> and I know your ego hates hearing that. Mine does too. But I've got good news. There's still something that really sets you apart in this body, and that's your lived experience in the body, because the way in which you traveled throughout the world, the experiences that you've had, the stories that have unfolded in your life, they have a profound way of setting your body apart from everybody else's body. Boy, that's fun to say. <laughs> what do I mean? Well, even though there's this truth of how voices work in the body, because you've had the experiences that you've had, the way in which you are able to coordinate your voice in your body is specific to you. Those experiences, whether they were good or not so good, they have a way of embedding themselves in our cells. They have a way of showing up as embodied memory. They influence it, they shape, they shift, they change how it is that we are able to coordinate, particularly making certain sounds. Let me see if I can say this just a little bit differently. Because you have a voice, you carry with you the potential to make an unfathomable amount of sounds based on how voices work in the body. But because you've lived the life that you lived, 
your awareness and your connection to that potential has been influenced. So if you've had experiences that have been good, have been positive, have been affirming, your awareness, your connection to this possibility, the possibility of your voice, it may continue to open and expand before you. But if you've had experiences that have been troubling, that have been traumatic, that have been suffocating, stifling, sorrowful, some of those experiences may hinder your awareness, your ability to connect with the basic functionality of your voice, may inhibit your ability to know the ever-unfolding nature of your voice in this body. Some of those experiences are at odds with how your voice works. Because of those experiences, you've developed protective mechanisms, you've developed constriction, tension, tightness that inhibits the natural coordination of your voice. Sounds that honor the natural functionality of the voice, sounds that know the natural, most aligned coordination of the body as it relates to making sound, those sounds feel free in your body. They feel open. They do not feel constricted. They feel just like they flow through you. And sounds that are in some ways inhibited, sounds that are conditioned, sounds that are limited, and they don't honor this natural functionality of your voice. Those sounds feel tight. They feel constricted. They feel constrained. There's tension as a result of trying to make those sounds. Which brings me back to this idea of starting with the body as a place for investigating authenticity. Look, my friend, there's no debating that this body is your body. And at times you might feel like you are at odds with it, or at times you might have felt like it wasn't the right body for you, but there's a lived experience in this body and it's always giving you information, particularly as it relates to your voice. The experience of making the sound is true. And when the sound feels more free, more easy, more open, like it flows through you, you can trust that you're honoring the natural functionality of your voice and your body. You can trust that you're tapping into the possibility that your voice carries. But when your voice feels constricted and tight and uneasy and constrained and tense, you can know that those experiences, you can know that that conditioning has put you at odds with the truth of your body. You can know that the story that you have may not be the true story of your body. Wow. Think about that, particularly as it relates to authenticity. You know, I looked up authentic in the dictionary just to get clear on the definition. And what I found was this. The definition was of undisputed origin, genuine, true of undisputed origin, genuine, true. So when something feels authentic, when something seems authentic, we feel like we know, we think we know from where it comes, from whence it came, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> We're not questioning 
its nature. We're not questioning the essence of its being. When something is genuine, it feels true. It feels true from the ground up and all the way through. Which brings me back to that clip that I shared with you at the top of the episode. This is my real speaking voice, yes. Oh my God. (laughs) How long have you had that voice? (laughs) Now, before I go any further here, I want to make one thing abundantly clear. I am not interested in, nor am I in the business of judging anyone's voice. And you might think to yourself, well, how could that be? You're a voice coach. But I am so intentional and specific about judgment not being a part of what it is that I am doing. I do, however, listen critically. And I'm interested in listening critically. Why? Because I want to understand how to listen to anyone wherever it is, wherever they are in their voice journey and hear them with interest and curiosity and compassion and ultimately grace. And the thing is, is when we start to be able to listen to others with an educated ear, it has a profound impact on how it is that we are able to hear ourselves. Judgment for others always comes from a judgment for ourselves. So, As we go on and continue this discussion, particularly as it relates to this voice from this clip, know that I'm so curious about this human being and what's going on with them because they walked in this room and the response to them just talking was, whoa, (laughs) where did that come from? In fact, the response was, how long have you had that voice, which if If I relate that to this definition of authenticity, essentially what's being called into question is the origin of this person's sound. Is it genuine? Is it true? And to be perfectly honest with you, I don't know. (laughs) I have not spent any time with this person. I haven't done any exercises with their voice to do any sort of assessment around the functionality of their voice. But I do know that my first sort of human response to hearing their sound is similar to that of the, the judges on this reality show to go, huh, that's unique. That's interesting. I wonder if there's more to know about this story. But as it relates to what it is that we were talking about earlier, one of the things I might do with someone like this, if I were working with them on their voice, if they came to me with curiosity about finding their authentic voice, is I might refer them back to the experience of what it feels like to use their voice in their body. What is the experience of making that sound? Does that feel open? Does that feel free? Does that feel easy? Does that feel like it sounds like you? Or does that feel constricted? Does that feel tight? Does that feel tense in some way? Do, is there an element how it is that you're trying to express yourself that feels inhibited, that feels stuck? Sometimes people can know this right away. They can go, yeah, that doesn't feel good. But for a lot of us, it's, it's much more complicated than that because sometimes the ways in which our voice is stuck, the ways in which our voice is not free has become so normalized in our body that we can't even identify what it is that the experience is. 
In fact, sometimes experiences in our lives cause us to become so disconnected to our bodies or disembodied that it, maybe something happened to us that didn't make us feel safe in our body. And so we've taught ourselves not to even be able to notice. And so it's complicated. You can ask someone who's making a sound that's clearly <laughs> tight in their throat how that feels, and they will look at you, you know, straight in the eyes and go, it feels fine. And relatively speaking, in their experience, in their body, based on the stories that they have, it does feel fine. So then what do we do? Well, we try to introduce them to some different types of sounds, some alternative experiences in their voice just to give them a sense of compare and contrast. So often, someone will come to my virtual studio space with this very question. They'll say, I'm just trying to find my voice. I often feel like I'm imitating others. Um, I know I can do a lot with my voice, but I don't know what's right to do. I don't know, you know, what I'm supposed to do. I don't know what sounds good. And my first point of entry with anyone like this is, just like I said, to take them through some scales and exercise and get to know what it is that their voice is doing naturally. Start to understand what the basic functionality of their voice is in their body. And listen for the norms that I know about how voices work. I listen for, you know, where these natural register transitions happen in the voice. I listen for the points in the voice where things sound free and open easy and when things sound constricted and tight and stuck. And we've all got them. Doesn't matter how good of a singer you are, doesn't matter how skilled, how talented, how professional you are, there are spots in your voice where you struggle and there are spots in your voice where you feel free. And then based on that experience, when I'm listening to them, I can give them feedback and I can point out to them and say, do you notice that this feels easy? This feels open. This feels clear. The sound is clear when you make this sound. And a lot of times they'll affirm what I say. And then I might say, are you aware that this feels tight here, or this is constricted, or this feels stuck, or this is not easy? And more often than not, they will affirm what I say. They'll agree with what I say. And I give them those experiences to just simply remind them that there is a truth in the experience of their body, that they can trust their body in this so powerful because it's ultimately healing. This is why this voice work, this is why I talk about it from the lens of healing. Because if you can pay attention to these truths in your body, if you can pay attention to the experience of your voice in your body, if you can notice that discomfort is not a necessary evil or a necessary norm. If you can be provided with an alternative experience in your body that feels easier, it opens up the realm of possibility of understanding about what your voice can do. Now, I want to go back here just a moment too, because beyond this experience of feeling constricted or tense or tight, because some of us, like I said, some of us struggle to notice these things. It's an actually a learned skill to pay attention. It's not something that everyone just naturally does, especially if you're someone who has survived 
various experiences, traumatic experiences that have limited your ability to notice these things. There are other clues, though, because sounds that are inhibited, sounds that are constricted, sounds that are tense, sounds that are tight, they also have a distorted quality to them when you hear them. Now, I use distorted as um, a really large umbrella term, but some maybe descriptive words that would fall under this umbrella that people often use around the voice that refer to a distorted sound is like gravelly, raspy, um, nasal, squeezy, um, dopey, covered, dark. Uh, these are ways in which you can think about there being a sonic cue, an aural, a hearing cue, that something is tight or constricted or not easy. Distorted sounds, based on the truth of the functionality of your voice in your body, are not authentic. Now, this is tricky because there are many, many, many people in the world who use distorted sounds regularly, who have made a lot of money doing so, <laughs> and really don't care what I think, I'm sure. And I have, again, I have no judgment around that. And I'm also just, just to, for the sake of, of clarity, I'm not saying that quirky, weird, strange sounds are bad. In fact, you know, in my own singing, in, the, in my art that I create, I often use gravel and rasp and breathiness and sometimes like a pinched nasality, breathiness, all of it. Um, I use that as a tool to create an effect for the sound. But I do know, based on just the science of how voices work, that whenever we are using sounds like that, we're creating a dysfunction to the sound. There is a dysfunctionality. And I don't mean that dramatically, not to say that something's broken or, you know, doesn't work at all. Although these sounds can be a clue that there is a larger problem. But what I'm saying is, is that sounds that are functionally free, sounds that are honoring the truth of how your body works, most often sound clear. The opposite of distortion is clarity. And so if I'm working with someone and they're making a sound that's not clear, that's distorted in some way, and then I lead them into the experience of making a clear sound, I will tell you almost always they will reflect to me that that feels better, that that sounds better, and that that sounds more true, more like them, more authentic. Sounds that are functionally free are always more clear, more open, more easy, more true, more true to the body, more true to the origin, more authentic. Now, this is not an easy path. <laughs> I don't mean to make it sound simple. 
This is like one of those, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, yeah, just pay attention to your body, but the information and understanding the information and noticing and listening to the sound and understanding what's actually distorted and what's clear. It's a long journey. It's actually a life's journey of returning back to ourself again and again and again and again. But I know no more noble endeavor. I really, really, really believe in the power of this work because like I said, when we come back to ourselves, we inevitably come home to the truth of who we are and we inevitably find healing in that. We find this wholeness that exists at the, at the essence of our sound. Your body is set up to make these sounds. Your body is set up to sing. Your body has an unfathomable I've said that twice in this episode. I love saying that word, unfathomable capacity to make sound. And when you do that in a way that feels free, you inevitably will feel the unfathomable possibility for your life. If I can do this, if I can sing like this, what else can I do? So this is a returning again and again to the only place from where the sound comes, and that's in the body. But we know that as singers, the body is just the source. There's also the emotional, psychological, spiritual component of what it is to sing. And even sometimes for people whose voices are working so well in their body, they still are struggling to connect with the authentic truth of who they are. A long time ago, some teacher, some coach said to me that my voice was not the most important thing about any song. And I remember you know, this was one of those things that someone said to me that I was like, wait, what? I spent my whole life working on my voice and you're telling me it's not that important as it relates to the song. But over the years, I've begun to understand that your voice is merely a conduit for the story. It is merely the vessel through which the sound pours and the sound carries the emotion, the intention, the experience of the song, of the music. And so this is where I think when we really get to the essence of this word authentic, it gets really rich because I think people who sing with the most authentic sounds, I think people who feel the most authentic when they sing, they are not even worried about the sound of their voice. Do you hear that? They're not even worried about the sound of their voice. They are worried about allowing for the magic of the story to pour through them. They are worried about being as free and as open for the words, the lyrics, the narrative, the emotion, to move through so that it can impact others, so that it can connect with others. Because as much as there are these truths about how your voice works in your body, at some point, you just got to let all that shit go. <laughs> and you just got to sing. 
You just got to sing. And so this is the second and maybe most important aspect of finding your authentic voice is to let yourself just sing, to be exactly where you are. Because all that stuff I talked about, all of those experiences that somehow at certain points in time inhibit our sound, it's like I said, it's, it's a noble and necessary endeavor to unpack those, to pull them apart, to understand them, to connect with them, to rewrite, retell the story. But let me tell you right now in this very moment, if you let the music flow through you, if you really can fearlessly open your heart, open your mind, open your spirit, open your body to let the music flow through you, you will be authentic. We will not question the origin of your voice. And this is an aspirational thing. This is an aspirational thing, but it's also so possible. I mean, how many times have you heard someone sing with a quirky voice, a funny voice, a strange voice, and been so moved by the song that they sang? How many times have you heard someone who just used a sound that you've never heard before? And it sounds crazy. But there was something so honest and so true about what it is that they were doing that you were moved to tears. You felt that maybe they were telling your story, that you could connect with the lyrics of love. You could connect with the lyrics of hope. You could connect with the lyrics of sadness. As much as your authentic truth of your voice lies in your body, what transcends that? is the spirit of the song. As much as the authentic truth of your voice lies in your body, what transcends that is the spirit of the song. And I mean the song literally, but I also mean the song of our lives. My favorite artists, they're generally not asking this question around authenticity. They're not really concerned with what sound is true or right or good. More importantly, they're trying to just live into the truth of who they are. They're trying to let the truth of their story move through them and out into the world. And they trust that the universe supports that sort of truth and honesty. They trust that the universe supports and honors open-heartedness. They trust in the goodness of this body that they've been given to be a conduit, a vessel for their sound. And the rest is just magic. It's not something you can define. It's not something to explain. It's simply an experience. The experience of you being you. Not you doing you, but you being you and you sharing you with me, with all of us. You living into the fullness of you and allowing all of us 
to receive the sound of you as a result. My friend, if you want to find your authentic voice, start with the body. Notice the body. Experience your experience in the body. And then after a good solid chunk of time of getting to know the truth of your body, then let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Sing. <laughs> sing. Sing so the whole world can hear you sing because we need you. We need the sound of you. All right, that's another episode of the podcast. Thanks, as always, for hanging out with me. This one felt really meaningful. I'm really glad to be able to get these words out in this way. And I really just hope that you were able to connect with what I said. Hope it was clear. Hope it made sense to you. As always, I want to invite you to connect with me. Send me an email, davin at davinyoungsvoice.com. DM me on Instagram at davinyoungs. I really want to know how it is that you're receiving this that I'm sharing. Um, any feedback is really, really useful. And if you feel like this uh, episode might connect well with someone else, please, by all means, send it to them, pass it along via text or DM or post it and tag me, whatever, however it is that you connect with others. <laughs> please share it. Um, and don't forget to rate, subscribe do all of that good stuff. It helps me spread the word about what it is that we're trying to do here at The Sound of You. One more shout out for my group virtual voice coaching program called Free Your Voice for Your Life, which you can register your interest for at davinyoungsvoice.com. Okay, that's it for today. Lots of love. See you soon. Peace. Thank you.